Welcome back to Funny-ish. I'm Andrew Stein. Now I'm Aaron Martinez, and we got, uh, who we got here today? We got Ty Colgate. Oh my goodness, thank you so much for being here. Of course, this is great. I love this setup, I love this dining room table. It's like, fantastic, right? Is, is this yeah. Ikea? Um, no, it's actually Target. Oh, Ooh. that was yeah, going to be my second it. guess. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were almost, uh, I mean, like, you were just like $15 off. Yeah. <laughs> You're what, so close. Wait, which one's more expensive, Target or Ikea? Um, I'd give the, I'd give the, Did you have to build this? I mean, the, the other one had to come from Sweden. So it's like, it's just the shipping was the only real, that's the only price difference. You, you know think? I, mean? I don't know. Pretty yeah. Even. I, you're probably right. I don't know. This is metal. So there's like a metal pieces on here and it's, it's pretty robust. Are I'm you sure gonna... that could just be like some kind of composite? It's just it's, plywood. We just like break feels, right through the middle yeah. of it. Like this is plastic. It just feels like steel. <laughs> like, you know. Wow. Yeah. That new, fa- the new like NASA plastic that feels like steel. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. They do new stuff all I mean, the time. Yeah. Mine's just wood. That's it. Yeah. So Elon Musk already... made this. Ooh, just wood? <laughs> mm. I guess we'll go with that. Ty, what do you do? Uh, as a day job or <laughs> oh, my hopes and dreams, those things. Uh, I do comedy sometimes. I, I do stand up comedy mostly. Oh, that's great. Kevin, could you check that for us? Can we just, can we just Google, uh, Ty Colgate stand up comedy? <laughs> He's so far. He has no mic either. Yeah. I feel bad. Uh, this H- is how official can your producer be if he gets no mic? T-Y-E time? T- who's T-Y-E time? Does that, sa- does that sound right <laughs> to you? <laughs> I think so. Does it? <laughs> wow. That, I yeah. haven't gotten that answer before. You know, that, T- that's a man who's a math major, dude. Yeah, that is. Uh, T-Y, and then I, I can spell it Colgate too. That's T-Y. 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 Huh? Two-Face Colgate? Yeah. Like I said, I can spell it out for you. This is a great assistant. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Wow! Wow! He's Google. That's the first guest who's Googleable. Yeah. Wait, wait, where where did you get that from? (laughs) Google. Google. Wow. Okay. Good for me. So you're on there. Good job. I'm on the Google. That feels good. All right. So uh, yeah, tell us about the uh, shows and events you produce and perform. Or we can search them. Yeah, we can just look them up. Yeah, honestly. Honestly, we don't need you here. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can cut the podcast. Yeah, we can just go and just look it up and. Uh, yeah, can, can we just uh, we'll talk about the table, but we'll put this stuff in the notes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Make yeah. Sure. So I do uh, I do fifth place comedy, which uh, it was just fifth place comedy show. You were there back when yeah. it was uh, in a really really rowdy Buckhead dive bar. I was there for the first one. Uh, oh my god! Wow. Me. I it. just went through those photos because I was transferring them to a new drive, and I was like, wow, right. what a piece of shit that was. Yeah. Because well, it was, was like two people. It was like one drunk dude that heckled the whole time. I remember. And him and uh, Joe battled it out there. Yeah. Battle the wits. I remember it was every straight white comedian in the city of Atlanta and Ngozi. <laughs> well, so every straight white comedian in, in the Atlanta, city. In Atlanta, yeah. Yeah. Basically, uh, yeah. Yeah. And the rowdiest, most buckhead bar. Um, and wow, we did that, what, every other Thursday for until a pandemic happened? Yeah, for about four or five months, right? It was a... No longer. We were, yeah. I think, 10 months in. Yeah, it was... Because we canceled, right. yeah, we canceled the March show, which was like too much shy of being one year in. Wow! Mm. And uh, then we switched over to being more of an event event company and doing like pop up shows mm-hmm. and bringing like headliners in, which is uh, boy, did I like sign up for a lot there. That's uh, <laughs> way I should have stayed with the uh, straight white male showcase in Buckhead. You're uh, saying that bringing in people who actually make money makes it a little harder. 
Yeah, yeah. There's something about uh, putting professional in front of the comedian part that makes it way <laughs> more complicated and way more expensive. I but we are curious to know. Like I know that's a, that's a bit, but like as like what are the challenges of that? So, well, for starters, uh, if you have to deal with a manager, you're almost like you're middlemanning the whole thing because you're not even talking to the comics. So you don't even really know what they want. You're just getting what what's the, being relayed by the middle person yeah and what they want is money so they're just going to try to milk you dry and get as much out of you cool. which uh, sometimes works in their favor um <laughs> <laughs> so essentially yeah you're gonna find some comics you like or you're interested in and you're gonna start with a flight or travel buyout or something and then you're gonna figure out a number that makes sense on that then you got to get a hotel which uh you might not believe it hotels in atlanta are fucking expensive you don't say mm. Yeah, really. Honestly, that was shocking to me how expensive hotels can be here. Uh, so it's like after the flight, the hotel, and paying them, you're just kind of happy to get your bit of stage time with them, and then hopefully the next one isn't as yeah, difficult. Yeah, bad. Um, but I mean, I will like as far as being a show producer, the benefits of it. Those are obviously some, like I wouldn't say cons, but like some hurdles maybe. The yeah. benefits would be like you get to talk with someone who's maybe a little bit more experienced than we are, someone who's done a lot of totally, been on yeah. TV and stuff like that. Yeah, you I get imagine. the the curry favor, you know, the usual like someone's like, oh, you book that, I'll book this, and we'll book each other and all that bullshit. Uh, that's a lot less when you're doing headliner shows because you only have really like a guest spot, maybe two guest spots. So, and you don't want to like disappoint the headliner, so you have to make sure like the comics you are booking are very solid and. Can kind of represent the scene a little bit better yeah. and there's only a couple of those people that can i mean atlanta's a decent scene I, yeah. I think usually we have a decent list of comics that we're thinking about right. where it's like oh yeah we can get any of them in and this will make sense right um in terms of like showcase shows that is where it's like you're wide open to the gambit where you yeah. can take more risks with your bookings i think when we once we moved on to like pont city market and we were doing it there I would always have one spot open that was considered like the wild card spot where it was like, we're going to try someone out here. Right. And that's, that's how you kind of get people to sort of like, it's almost like their showcase to see if they're ready to be booked in other places around town. Right. And I try not to be a dick. I wouldn't tell them it was that. Right. Like that, and I've had that happen to me a few times and I always hate that because like all of a sudden it takes the part that I think you need the most in comedy where you have to be willing to take risks. When someone tells you you're like trying out, all of a sudden you're like, well, we got to play it safe. And yeah, it's got to be all my best shit. I'm, I'm not going to do any crowd work. It loses, yeah, it loses personality. So it's yeah. like boring and cut and dry. So you don't even bother. I don't yeah. tell anyone when it's like, we just want to see. I just, I will book them and we'll just be a normal show. And then if they do good, then it's like, sure. Great. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll keep bringing you back. Yeah. And I, I found like the, the first one of those is usually not the, your best uh, representation of what you have to offer. Usually, it you gotta get comfortable. Yeah, once you start being like, "Well, I'm already good enough to do this anyway," that's when you start to kind of feel a bit more comfortable in those situations. Oh, I think on my own show was that way. Like when it was in Buckhead, I mean, it, wow! Like the process of learning how to host was just being punched in the face every <laughs> other every other Thursday. I mean, because it was like the most uh apathetic audience i mean you were at a lot of them yeah i, I remember mean, it well some of them were great so some you were of the, them. you were apathetic i was not a fan of it no oh it was brutal it was very hard <laughs> i mean you could do well but you had to be like great like you had yeah. to be like it was a fair i even the thing though about it though is that like if you were funny then you did well like yeah. if you were good and you had a good night then you did you could do well that's what i liked about that show even though sometimes it wasn't like it wasn't the like the like the roof blowing off the 
you know. Well, you wanted on. to be an open mic. I remember that because, like, I think we got three shows in. And I was talking to you about it. And you're like, maybe just make an open mic out of it. And I was <laughs> oh, like, that was just selfishly me being like, can I? Just... Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. I, I yeah. do that too. Whenever yeah, yeah. I go to 100%. showcases that are a nightmare, I'm like, maybe we just make this a thing that we can get to every week. <laughs> um, oh, bro, it was uh, it was terrible. I mean, like, sometimes it was rough. Like, I went home thinking, like, why did we do this? Yeah, but I, the thing is, once you you if you do it long enough, you start to get like a big enough sample size where it ends up being kind of 50 50 after a while. Like yeah. every, every bad one comes with a good one and it, and the good ones I think are worth the bad ones. Once you start to kind of middle out, you know, well it was, I was doing two battles essentially. I was a new show producer. So it was learning all that from like nothing, just yeah. Googling and being on Reddit and trying to study like what other show producers have said. And then it was being a new host. So I was bad at both. Like I didn't know yeah. how to host. I didn't know how to show produce. I was I was hardly really like figuring out stand up comedy. So it was like because I think I was like eight months, eight nine months into stand up wow. before yeah. I started that show, and man, was that a bitch slap. To your credit, it did. I think it you kind of like your trajectory was going this way, and then it kind of elevated it a little bit, having to make go through that experience. So yeah, well, I mean, from it's like, the outside at least, I feel. it was definitely a steel sharp and steel because I wanted to quit so many times on the fifth place thing. So many, <laughs> I mean, god damn, the first four months probably I wanted to quit after every single one where I'm like, not quit stand up, but just be like, let's just put the show producing away. That's a lot to take on, yeah. Oh, it sucks because it's embarrassing. You know, you have these fellow your peers and they're watching you bomb your host set. They're they're probably going to bomb too. and they... But they think they're better. They think they're going to do better than you. Oh, yeah. oh totally. For some reason. It, I, like that, That's the thing that always drove me insane is like I'm up there hosting and I'm bombing and they're like, I'm going to save the show. And I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah. Unless you have... There's no way. Unless you have some tricks up your sleeve that you can pull out that are no. absolutely going to turn this whole room around, then shut the fuck up and just find some angle that makes sense for yourself. Yeah. And like, if you can, great, you know, but it, it like, some, I found that to be the case where a lot of comedians would take it upon themselves to be like, I'm going to save the show. Yeah. And yeah. good luck with that. But we yeah. have maybe five comedians here that can like save a show. Yeah. If it's like truly a train wreck of a show. Right. If it's salvageable and it's just been like, oh, the comics that have gone up so far, just kind of whatever. Yeah. Then any comic can kind of get up there and turn it around. But if it's like that kind of, that fifth place early kind of show, <laughs> wow, dude, you had to be. A oh, real yeah. comedian. Yeah. You had to be a real comedian to come in there and get like five buckhead drunk people to be involved in your set. Yeah. To, to just be, uh, just to listen Yeah, to begin with. So it was the hardest part. And I, and I remember you, especially with when fifth place first started, you were experimenting a lot with like you, you started it out in that big room where yeah. there was the dance floor and then you kind of moved it back. You moved it to that little small side area yeah. and like there was a lot of experimenting, so like that's I mean a good thing to tell people. Great, great. Honestly, like the best advice I could give is like anyone that wants start it in a place like that where like because yeah. the bar itself didn't give a fuck, so we could just try anything out. We could go as late as we wanted. So there was really like it hurt at the time because the failure sucked, but <laughs> but you kind of grow from it to the point where it's like, well, I'm glad we didn't start at like Pont City Market. Because by yeah. the time we got to that point, like I had a basis of like I know what it means to run a show at least. And then the six months we were in Pond City Market, I grew exponentially because like we had real crowds and they paid a decent ticket price and they were invested and the host sets were way better because the material was actually there. Yeah, it's it's the a similar thought process is like doing open mics. Go like if you're starting out, go bomb at a place where 
the stakes aren't so high. Yeah. You know, find a place where you can do whatever you want and where if the show doesn't go well, then the, they'll still be like, yeah, we'll still have you back. You know, like, yeah, that kind of that kind of relationship with the venue is important, I think. Yeah. I mean, suck a dick early and often and stand up comedy. I mean, that's that's truly... the best advice we've ever received on this podcast. Pretty much. So far, yeah. 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 No, that's honest advice. Yeah, just uh, especially your first year, just uh, suck as many days as you can. Just <laughs> fucking blow your, all your sets out and just suck and try everything and embrace the suck. It's... Yeah, and don't get married to anything that works early on. Like there are things uh, with even show producing that worked early on and hosting that worked early on, but over time I was like, this is dumb. What I'm yeah. doing here is really fucking borderline retarded. Like let's just fix this. <laughs> Did you do like trivia or like giveaways? Uh, we would. I think sometimes we do. Too many buckets, uh, and boy, we for some reason a lot of comics that just shouldn't have even bothered would just <laughs> throw their name in that bucket. So you'd get we'd get a little bit of momentum going, and boy, it and would, then it would just just oh yeah it, to a halt. Yeah, I mean, and the buckets got essentially the same amount of time as someone else was on the show, and it was like that's why I'm so I haven't done bucket spots since then. I am cautious with buckets because it's like if I'm gonna do a bucket, I want to do an honest bucket because I hate you know, rigged buckets, then just, it defeats the purpose. What? There's rigged buckets? Oh, bless you. Almost all of them are rigged. Uh, that's honestly the biggest thing you'll learn your first year when you're like, how did the same guy get up? That person got there and I, yeah. How did this guy's name not be in the bucket and he still got pulled? Yep. Yeah, uh, they'll they'll like they'll look at the name for a minute and then like not say the name and then the person walks in the door and they're like, oh, it's that guy. And like, just because clearly it was... Yeah, yeah, and and you you start seeing like, oh, that guy got up three weeks in a row. Cool, all right. Yeah, but, I, just at that point, I'm like, just cut the bucket, just get rid of it. Yeah, just call it what it is. It's just guest spots, you know. Right. And it's whoever you like coming in the door that you're like, okay, they can come up. Yeah, because they're proven and they 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 know what they're they. Uh, to a point. I mean, oh, okay. usually it's like, hey, I, we're friends. Oh, okay. And we hang out. Um, I'll be a little bit more strict with that because like I'm friends with. Honestly, I'm probably one of the few show producers that actually are like still actively out in mics. Yeah. Which, to my credit, I try to like at least stay comic first, show producer second. I'm not trying to produce the best show ever. The point of the pro- producing shows is just to get quality stage time. It's I'm not gonna like sit here and pretend that like I have this deep passion. I'm like I'm trying to become the next best thing to a comedy club. It's just that's an unwinnable battle. Yeah. But I mean, is is the the goal to just get better at it? Is the goal to just like get experience doing it? Or I think it's about half and half right now. I mean, like I am fortunate. I would not do this by myself. Uh, I have you know Lake and Jude. She helps a lot. I live with her. I've known her for like eleven years. She has a lot of interest in comedy, so she does probably about sixty to seventy percent of the work here. I come in with like the 30 to 40 where I'm like, maybe we do this and I just throw out an idea or I'll cut some video up that we can use for like uh, marketing purposes and stuff like that. But if I had to do it by myself, like uh, like what Joe Pettis does, wow, got to give props to him. Like yeah. that, it's a shit ton of work to do by yourself and to have a good show. Yeah, that's that's what I learned. I ran a sh- I ran I did one show once, and it was at a. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember this. Yeah, I did one show, and I remember like uh, the the promoting is the part that I think is the most important thing to remember about. If you're running a show, you have to. If you want people in the door, you have to. People have to know about it. Ninety percent of the job is, is promoting. Right. The and, other ten percent is telling people you don't have spots. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. 
It's probably more than 10%. Yeah, no, honestly. Nothing's better than two minutes before the host set. Someone's like, hey, just wanted to check in. Do you have a spot? Do you, are you just doing buckets tonight? or is that... And you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot. I didn't book enough comics. Yeah. Totally. That, I, it slipped my mind. Yeah. and uh, Thank God you're here. Yeah, no. You honestly, saved the show. We're, you... we're an hour light. Can you do that? Can yeah. You, yeah. Can you actually, can you headline tonight? That would yeah. be really great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We paid for the hotel, but he didn't show up. So if you guys, so if you can go up and save the show for us, yeah. that would be. And the hotel room's yours. Yeah, you can go and use that. You can go ahead and uh, we paid for a flight. You can, you know what? We can take take the flight anywhere you want. Yeah, honestly, yeah, we got a voucher. You can have it. <laughs> Just we got we got Delta miles. If you want to take them, you can go wherever you like. Oh yeah, no, that's uh, that's the other thing. Honestly, sometimes show producing can hurt you more than it can help you because sometimes uh, people will almost get upset that you're not booking them enough. And so then they'll start their thing, and then you're never booked on their thing. And then it, like, turns uh, into this weird, like, Cold War situation where it's like, well, neither of us are going to book each other because we're playing chicken at this point with our shows. And it's uh, I don't, it's so weird. It's I don't a cold know. shoulder yeah. war. Yeah, kind of. So that's advice. Don't start a show. Don't start a show. You won't piss people off. Yeah, okay, cool. Don't start a show. Be a leech for as long as you can. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I, I followed that, uh, that advice for a long time. And uh, look where it got me, guys. You're doing great. I'm killing it. Well, you're, you're, you're I'm, surviving. I'm booked yeah. on McCracken's tomorrow, so see, check me out. There it is. Are you are you actually like booked? Or? No, I'm going to the open mic in McCracken's <laughs> tomorrow. I was about to say because he does experiment with that mic, so I was like, maybe maybe it, it's a book show. Yeah, maybe we're doing that again. Yeah, yeah. He saw my uh, he saw my Facebook post today and, and thought I was ready. <laughs> he just really wants to get on funnyish. Yeah, he wants to be a he wants to get in front of our like tens of listeners. I think it's less than that, even. Oh, trust our me. highest, our highest listened episode, I think, so far has eleven view wow. listens so far. So okay. uh, we're 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 getting up there, guys. Okay, let's yeah. uh, keep start. trucking. Yeah, the, and okay, but I'm sorry to get back to the promotional part of of show producing. Not to stop the riff train, but uh, like as far as promotional goes, you said it's like ninety percent of it is promotion. And as far as like promoting, do you go in person to like hand out flyers? Do you just go online to be like go on Reddit or go on Facebook or whatever and pay for ads, that kind of thing? Uh, we, we've done it all. Um, I we used to be way more like digitally heavy uh, with like Facebook ads, Instagram ads. I mean, uh, don't give away all your secrets because the other shows will just steal them. If oh, you want to, you can. But you can if the, you want. Yeah, the thing, I mean, the thing is, say no. There are no secrets. Uh, you can have this information, and most comics are so bad at promotions they still will fuck still it up. Will not get it right. I have nothing good to say about any comedians ever. So they will find a way to fuck it up. Um, Including myself. Comedians uh, are notoriously bad at everything, inclu yeah. including comedy. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You've been bad at everything your whole life. Why don't you try comedy? Yeah, try comedy. Be bad at that, too. Yeah, you know how acting's not working out? Try this <laughs> Try this thing. <laughs> try the thing that's infinitely harder. Than yeah, try, try the thing that actually requires a little bit more skill. There's <laughs> only a couple comics like that here. Um, but going back to promotion. <laughs> yeah, we, we've done we've you done want to name some names there? No. I know, we're getting close. We're, we're getting close to having to, like, stop the episode. Yeah, because we, we're gotta, getting... we gotta nix this one. This yeah. will be the lost episode. So, that's always the best. We have to go like, let's start this episode again because we kind of got a little <laughs> shitty there. We got, we got a little, we got a little too close to the to the uh, what's it called the the collar or whatever. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah we're starting to we're starting to get really close to naming names yeah. at this point. <laughs> um, no, we've done everything. So my girlfriend, she works in digital marketing, which doesn't really help too much at this point because <laughs> thank you girlfriend yeah i'll, I'll be honest uh thanks for nothing digital marketing for stand-up comedy is very hard because like at the end of the day marketing you're always asking yourself who wants this 
and with stand-up, most people don't know they want it. The answer is no one usually. Yeah, well, no, I won't say that. People actually do want it. People get very enthusiastic. Like, I've had people tip the show without any tip or anything. Oh, okay. Give money to me. I've had people, like, freak out because they're like, this is exactly what we wanted, blah, blah, blah. Um, Stand-up just ends up being, like, uh, the best way to put it is, like, when you go into, like, a hole-in-the-wall kind of lunch spot where you're just like, whatever the fuck, I don't care. And then it ends up blowing the doors off of what you expected. And you're like, wow, that's exactly it. That's usually what ends up happening. Like most people don't know they want stand up. That's why like tickets are usually not sold until like two minutes before the show's about to start, and then all of a sudden people are generating ticket sales. So it's digital marketing. I mean, an email list helps a lot. Uh, only if you know how to cultivate it. That's the other part of that equation. Uh, flyers. We. I, I think if you have a show in a high pedestrian area where. I mean, if you're in Atlanta, go fuck yourself, because um, that's not going to happen. Yeah, there's no, there's foot traffic's not a thing. Yeah, I mean, at Ponce there was, but then uh, I don't know, it dried up at some point. Yeah, Ponce, Edgewood, where else would like people walk? <laughs> the Beltline. Yeah, but that's but like so Ponce essentially. Yeah, that connects. Yeah, I mean, it's Atlanta's... and flyering sucks. I mean, fly it flyering is a skill. Right. I swear to God, flyering and barking legitimately such an uh, underappreciated skill in the world of comedy because it is so easy to think about, oh, I'm going to hand out paper to strangers until they you have to go it. hand out papers to strangers. They look at you with like... Hatred. Hatred, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just like, what the hell do you think you're doing? Yeah. I don't want to take anything from you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think when I ran my one show the one time, I asked, before I even started the show, I said, who's here? Who, fa- who saw my Facebook ad? And like 50% of the crowd was like, applauded and then i was like who saw my reddit thing and like another 50 percent. and then i was like who got the flyer that i handed them and zero people so it's one of those things that's like it's just and that evolves that evolves because like what's crazy is we had shows where 50 people came in from a flyer uh and then we'll have shows where a lot of them come from facebook ads or they came from the email list or a reddit post or whatever the fuck honestly if you're gonna market a show just try everything you gotta do everything yeah Wow. partner up because honestly you're not uh that's something i've like tried to explain to like newer show producers that just get started where i'm like i get you want all the uh glory and it's not worth it you're gonna lose your sanity like and you're not gonna be able to do stand-up comedy like there's not enough time of the day to have a job do stand-up comedy and produce a show by yourself yeah it's yeah. fucking crazy yeah it's impossible um, but well, Steve Harvey said that billionaires don't sleep, and so if you're getting up at eight or nine, then you're already behind billionaires. Steve Harvey said that's yeah. a good Gary Vee quote. <laughs> <laughs> what did Steve Harvey get in the business? Those guys life? are basically the same. <laughs> I've never heard Steve Harvey advice. Is he like a Gary Vee guy on the side? Apparent. Uh, I mean, like he, I've heard that Steve Harvey uh, he likes to use his time, his Family Feud like commercial breaks to give life advice. Yeah. Exactly um, what it is. Yeah, he's like the Andy so Stanley. So why? So you can like work your way to Family Feud? Like what? <laughs> that advice doesn't go anywhere. A good point. He kind of reached the pinnacle of giving life advice, which is fam- like he's at the pinnacle of what you can be as a guy who gives life advice. Yeah, I mean, like you're gonna, uh, I can take this advice and be the next game show host. I mean, <laughs> I, it's a lot tougher when it's like I can literally see where you are right now. Right. He's like, if I work hard, I can be the host of Wheel of Fortune. And like that's Ooh. that's like the next level of where he's. It doesn't. Yeah, I, I want to be clear. We would all take that job, but no oh, one yeah. sta- no one starts out going like, "God damn, trying to get on Family yeah. Feud." <laughs> <laughs> I got in this game to 
tell people they're wrong. Nobody, nobody gets that job offer and they're like, yeah. They're always like, I guess I'll pay the bills. I guess there's nothing else. I, I guess that's too. I guess there's too much. Guess they're going back to work. I mean. Right, I, I just want to pretend to laugh while Karen lets the whole family down. That's, that's, <laughs> that's why I got into comedy. Yeah, I just want to see a white family say an inappropriate word. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I, I didn't know that about Steve Harvey. I am learning something new every day. I'll send you the Facebook article. I mean, what, what, of what, it's true. Speaking of that, what, what do you guys want? What are you trying to land at here? Because I'm always curious to hear what other comics, like what is the end goal here? Um, for us, I mean, I don't know about Aram. For me, I'm just trying to... Have, I find this interesting and fun to talk about. Okay. You know, I just like every part of it because I've been where exactly where you are and where you've been. Like, you know, trying to run a show and trying to do comedy at the same time. And like, you know, some people, because I hate, you know, it's some people are not, maybe people like stand up, but they're not interested in performing. So maybe they can listen to this and then they'll get something out of it. I don't know. But more. Oh, if it's you more, can be a show producer, not a comedian. I already like you more than every comedian. Oh, a billion percent, yeah. Got like, let me be clear: you can produce a show and not do comedy. It's actually preferred, right? Because as comedians, I think we can all agree we all fucking hate running shows ourselves. Like, it's truly just oh, yeah. a love of the game. That's unfortunately, it's it's the, the the unfortunate truth is that typically comedians are the best at at putting a the best lineup together because you're out there you know who's there and you know who the best comedians to are. a point yeah, yeah yeah i mean like i think but some people do have the eye or the eye the ear i don't know the, they have the ability the same ability to know who's who would be good for a lineup and put a show together without necessarily being a comedian though i mean isn't that what a comedy club is based around it's like the idea of like i mean i guess i don't know yeah i mean there's comedy clubs that have garbage lineups so i don't yeah it's hard uh but yeah I think that's the the end goal of this. I mean, and the reason I wanted to talk to you was just because it's like this. I mean, this is just cool information for me and for for Aram. I think. Mm. Well, I have a three prong approach. First, this is one build an audience. Two, be Steve Harvey. <laughs> yeah, Get on Family Feud. Yeah, start putting, start putting ads every fifteen seconds, and then three, have a conglomerate buy this show for a billion dollars. That's a three prong approach. Sell this to a podcast network. Yeah, Spotify. Yeah. That's a platform. That's so I, we're already going the wrong direction. We're like moving the opposite hey, way. We're, we're I'm gonna, trying here. I had no three prong approach. We're gonna st- we're gonna sell this to Spotify. Yes. Oh, okay. Even though it's on Spotify. Already. It's awesome. Yeah, we're gonna sell it back to them. Their own content. Okay. Are you saying like Spotify exclusive? Yes. I, I wouldn't want to split up the eleven listeners. <laughs> oh like yeah, that. like Steve Harvey did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to Classic lose. Classic Steve Harvey. Moves. I mean, if they're listening. What about on... those four Apple Music listeners? Well, that's fine. If they're on Google Play, though, I hate you. Get out There's of here. There's no point. Why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah. Get a real podcast app. Come on. <laughs> Who's like? Who looks at the Apple uh, podcast app on their phone? Goes no. I'm going to listen to this on Google Play. <laughs> yeah. Or Stitcher. Are you just, uh, Stitcher? We had people. Stitcher listeners. We had a podcast. I a know. Bit and... I hate them too. No, I'm just kidding. You guys are great. That's probably the majority of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all eleven is from Stitcher. Yeah, I wish see no one listen to this. I episode. wish I could tell you if I knew we were on Stitcher or not. I really, genuinely have no clue. <laughs> I mean, the podcast game is. Um... It's topsy turvy. It is. <laughs> There's not enough out there, you know. So I'm glad we're out there. Oh yeah, co- early. Podcast you know, talking really, about comedy. Yeah, yeah. comedy really, really ahead of the curve on this one. Yeah, guy. comedy <laughs> advice is hard to come by. So that's uh, really yeah. Yeah, and and, uh, and the truthful answer also is that like I mean I don't know a lot of Atlanta comedy podcasts. Like at least it's something different in the terms of like oh yeah. What happened to Atlanta comedy grind? Um, it's uh. 
I, I don't know. Comatose? Oh, tell us yeah, about Atlanta. Sure. Yeah, tell us about it. Uh, yeah, so if you don't know what Atlanta Comedy Grind is, I don't know why you're listening to this, but... Uh, That's I, our 11 listeners. They're yeah, like, they're, oh, I need like, my grind. They're like, well, I've listened to four episodes. i got to find out when Atlanta Comedy Grind's coming back. Um, uh, but yeah, it was just... A, it was like a vlog thing that I did for a while. It was like Atlanta Comedy-based, like... That's how I met you, by the way. Right, what, like at, through at the video? No, 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 at uh, Noni's. You had your, your setting up your camera. Oh, yeah. Now everyone does that. Yeah, everyone true. has a camera. Well, everyone's that, trying to get clips. Yeah, everyone's just trying so to, So they like, could get 100 views on TikTok. TikTok. Because <laughs> the novelty's gone. Like, it worked right. for, like, one guy. Yeah, one be- guy got 20,000 views, and everyone's like, oh, well, I can, you know, like... Um, yeah. I, I can figure out an algorithm. Funnier than that. <laughs> funnier than that guy. Atlanta Comedy Grind was great. Like, that. it's a cool concept. I liked it. I enjoyed doing it. The reason that I stopped doing it was because it started to uh, be the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Where it was you like, bombing? Yeah. <laughs> but, and I'd be fine with me bombing. That I don't have a problem with. Everyone knows that, but I, it was bombing at the same place every night. <laughs> <laughs> You've only watched me bomb so many times at Lightning Round before you're like, I get what's going on, yeah. you know? Okay. Let You're me not, bomb with this new joke in Noni's. You know what I mean? I see this guy. He puts a little clickbaity title, but then it's him bombing at Limerick again. <laughs> Comedian destroys heckler yeah. and self-esteem. Uh, yeah, so it was. that's the main reason why I stopped doing it. I really wanted to have like some big, uh, you know, maybe have more, a little bit. That's a promise from a show like that before your career can take off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're all at that stage where we're like hitting the same places over and over because we're not going out of town enough. Yeah, and none of us are, you know, we're not doing like oh, me, comedy festival and then TV taping. You yeah. know, we're not, we're, we haven't hit those milestones yet. So that's kind of the hard part about Atlanta Comedy Grind, at least, was that I was like, it was sort of, you know, I would go out of town. I did one in Athens. I did one in Chattanooga. I did one in Savannah. And so, you know, I was traveling a little bit, but after a while you sort of go, okay, I've kind of done everything at my level that I can for this. And that's why, you know, once something comes up, I might bring it back. But okay, that's, that's the, fantastic. That's Let's, a teaser. Any last thoughts? On Atlanta Comedy Grind? Yeah. Or in life, you mean? Yes. No, wait, that sounded like very... Final thoughts. Yeah, like, oh my goodness. <laughs> um... Uh, final thoughts on Atlanta Comedy Grind. Uh, it will come back eventually, but hopefully when I'm a little bit further along in my career. Yeah, awesome. book, book Andrew. Book Andrew out of state. So he has you get, in a gar- get, you get a guaranteed Atlanta Comedy Grind. If I, Video. If, yeah, if you put me up at your club, there's a guaranteed Atlanta Comedy Grind episode in it for you for free. Well, audience, stay tuned. We're going to have more of Ty. 